It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Thielen Meats, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, Live Axe Marine in Isle, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. Another week of fishing in the heat. Welcome to this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. We're going to talk a lot of bass fishing on the show this week. Uh, they seem to be uh, cooperating as the warmer temps continue here through the lakes area. We'll also get the latest uh, here with the fishing reports from our usual cast of characters. Reports from Leach and Winnie and Malax and a whole lot more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we kick the show off with our Lake and Field segment brought to you by Oars and Mind and Crosby. Oars and Mind can set you up with a full line of live bait and tackle, a new rig, fishing reports, and the perfect dock arrangement for your lakeside living. The gateway to the Cuyuna Lakes area, oars and mine, on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we kick the show off with our local report, Nate Blazing, with S&W Guide Service, joins us. And, uh, Nate, another week of fishing in the heat. Uh, I imagine that's making things a little difficult right now, huh? It is, Brian. There there has not been a whole lot of change from when we talked last. Uh, it's been the same, really hot out there. Those water temps are... You know, 85-ish, uh, maybe even up to 86. Um, a lot of the fish movements and the bite has been similar, so it has been uh, somewhat challenging to an extent. Um, starting to refine some of the stuff, and then uh, yesterday before the storm moved due, we actually got to fish in some, some wind, and we went from probably three to four footers to flat, calm water in a matter of an hour to get the heck off the lake and go hide kind of thing so it's been a little crazy out there i'd imagine so and i guess a lot of people right now nate are fishing deep i would think huh uh i i couldn't tell you overall the general public but i would say if they are um the lakes that we've been on has probably been almost the exact opposite the best walleye bite right now and it's completely counterintuitive to what you know you think of for walleye fishing flat calm sunny middle of the summer go deeper actually go shallower go up into the weeds the bobber bite with a leech and us the bobber has been the most consistent type of walleye fishing on the vast majority of the lakes in the Brainerd area um there there still is a lindy rig bite we're getting some fish doing that and again that's more wind related when there's some wind off up there, you can pick some of them up in a little deeper water. But for the most part, it's kind of a trial and error. Um, go to where your normal walleye spots are, your wind-blowing structure. You don't mark them. The next thing is pit some bobbers up in the weed, anywhere from 6 feet out to 12, 13, 14 feet. And, uh, again, it's not what people think of for walleye fishing, but i got to tell you, it's been way more productive than any way else to get walleyes in most of the lakes right now. It's kind of crazy. That seems to be the thing this summer. I've heard more about slip bobbers and leeches than I have in a lot of years, uh, but that seems to be working right now. Yep, and, and again, I, I think a lot of this has to do with the, the zebra mussels and just the stock fish. This is a kind of a normal conversation we have at the bait shop before our guy trips when a bunch of us sit down and you know, shoot the breeze and try and solve the world's problems and talk about <laughs> fishing and theories and stuff. And uh, it, it just seems backwards, but it's been, again, relearning different techniques and 
you, that's the thing with fishing. You always got to experiment. If you're not finding success in one way, try another. And that's where bobber fishing, like you said, that's kind of a hot thing. And, and a lot of people are doing it, and they're getting a lot more fish than any other way I'm aware of right now, at least. If somebody wants to drag a crawler around, uh, would they have some success, too? There's still some guys doing, again, the, the spinners with the crawler or the slow depth hook. You put a half a crawler on that, and again, you're moving a little faster. Um, some of the challenge on the lakes in the, the Brainerd area, we have such steep structure drop-offs that if those fish are concentrated, you know, at a certain depth level, it's really hard to work that contour in a consistent pattern, whereas if you have some shallower flats, like, you know, you, you talk leech, winnie, that kind of thing, where you have some sand flats, it's a lot easier to cover ground. You don't have to be near as precise. So there are still guys that definitely do the spinners um, around the Brainerd area. It's just a little more challenging, and you've got to be kind of in tune with your trolling motor and your depth finder to stay at those specific depths. I would say that's the main issue with using spinners and crawlers. So if you get a little frustrated with those finicky walleyes, though, Nate, uh, some of the other species out there, uh, how are they doing? Pretty good, actually, and that's the beauty, I'd say, go back to the bobber and leech. Um, we were doing that yesterday. We got a couple on linear rigs, and then we were playing around with the bobbers, and the nice bass that you're catching doing it, oh, my gracious, they were, you know, 18- to 20-inch bass. We thought we had a 25-, 26-inch walleye, and that was big, big bass, big bass, big bass. So that's kind of the beauty of the slip bobber. You're going to get a lot of action on different types of things. Um, bass are pretty active, again, I would say, on the – kind of outside edge of the weeds, again, that 8 to 15 feet range. Um, again, you can still pitch plastic worms on a jig head, a jig and minnow, or just the slip bobber and leaves. They've been pretty active. Um, the difference, I would say, that I've noticed this week compared to last is the crappies. Those seem to slide a little deeper. Um, I had a trip with a family, and we're fishing panfish, and the crappies just were not where they usually were. Instead, we're catching some really nice bluegills and sunfish, uh, really nice ones. But those crappies uh, didn't end up finding them. So my, my guess is they went a little deeper than they were, and we just didn't go that deep. So uh, multi-species-wise, though, it's a pretty good time of the year. The pike continue to be very active. Smaller fish, again, in that weed line. You get out in the walleye area about 25 to 35 feet, and that's where your bigger pike are sitting right now in that cool water. So... Um, I would say overall it's pretty good fishing. The walleye, that's a little more hit or miss, but the other species have been pretty willing to play. So, And one last thing, Nate, uh, with you know, even with walleyes and, and a lot of species right now, with these water temps the way they are, you want to be real careful handling fish, uh, especially if you're releasing them. Um, and, and maybe you could kind of talk a little bit about that. On it's uh, you got to be real careful and real quick with those. A lot of times when you do get a fish, um, especially if you're going to release it, keep it in the net in the water while you're getting whether it's your hook out ready or your camera to take a picture. Uh, remove that hook, get that quick picture, and get that thing back in the water as soon as you can. Um, and they should be fine. The other thing I'd like to say is um, a lot of customers bring this up. If if we do happen to hook a fish in the gullet. You see a lot of guys go through the mouth with the forceps to get it out, and that can really tear up the fish. And there's videos of this if you ever want to look on YouTube or what have you. But if you take those forceps and go in through the gill, you can grab that hook and just flip it upside down. 
and it comes right out, does not do any damage to the fish, and there's some way there's no bleeding. So, you know, that might be something that people want to check out too. But, uh, yeah, be very careful with those fish and keep them in the water. Let them go ASAP. If you're going to keep some to eat, then not as big a deal. Get them alive well. And those that are fishing deeper, uh, Nate, they want to be careful as well. Yeah, again, you know, if you're much over that, 28 to 30 foot, especially for walleyes, um, that's where you start blowing airbags. And I hear it all the time. Guys say, well, they swam away. Well, they swam away, but, you know, the studies have shown us a pretty high mortality rate. So I'm not saying there's not fish out there. I just tend not to fish that deep very often just because I don't want to take that chance. If, you know, you get a big trophy class fish that I'd like to let go, I don't want to kill that just for the purpose of catching it. So, um, I tend not to fish that deep, but you know, those bigger fish too, if you take your time getting them up, they'll survive pretty decent, but the smaller fish, if you bring them up pretty fast from 32 to 35 feet, they are not going to usually survive that. So, you know, just, just keep that in mind when you're fishing. Have you seen a, a die off out there? I know you spend a lot of time out on gall mostly, Nate, but, uh, are you seeing some fish floating around out there right now? A few, um, kind of not so far as we expected. I, I would say I haven't seen any tulipy. It's been a few suckers, and there's suckers surfacing all over out there this year. It's crazy. Um, a few pike, but not tulipies yet. And I was coming off a couple pieces of structure here yesterday, and out in that 60, 70 foot of water, it was absolutely full in the water column of markings, and I'm assuming those were tulipies. So, there still must be some oxygen down there, and I'm guessing that's where they are. So, you know, as long as there's still oxygen there, they don't have to come up in this warmer water, they should be fine. But uh, we'll see here. I think this next week will be pretty telling on, on how those fare and how those water temps, if they continue to climb or not. There you go. Some great stuff from Nate Blazing, as always. He brings it to us uh, from SNW Guide Service. Nate, if people want more info on you, how can they get it? Sure. Uh, www.snwguideservice.com, Nate Blazing, that's B-L-A-S-I-N-G on Facebook, or you can call Sherry up at SNW Guide Service, uh, 218-829-7010 if you want to book a trip. There you go. Nate, I appreciate it. Have fun out on the lake. Uh, Good luck out there this weekend. Stay cool, stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Sounds good, yeah. Send me a little cool weather here in the next week or two, please. Yeah, no kidding. Thanks, Nate. All right. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And once again, our good friend Ray Gildow joins us with the Nisswa Guides League, always bringing a bunch of great information for us. And this week, uh, we're going to start up on Winnie once again because uh, Ray keeps a close eye up there as far as leech and the immediate Brainerd Lakes area too. And we're going to talk a little bass fishing as well. Ray, what are you hearing up on Winnie? Uh, I'm hearing it's hot. <laughs> it's been hot and very humid. And um, there was a tournament last weekend, 4th of July weekend, there was a tournament, a small one, 11 boats, and everybody in the tournament caught walleyes. So that was a good turnout. And um, it was probably, uh, I think, the winningest, they went for the largest fish, and I think the largest fish was 27 inches. So that's a very nice walleye. But frankly, a lot of people on Winnie over the weekend and during this week have been 
enjoying the water to get out of the, the hot temperature. Although in midweek they did have a pretty good storm up there uh, Wednesday night. Uh, a lot of trees down, a lot of wind damage, but no one was hurt. But the, the fishing has been a little spotty because people haven't been out as much. Uh, the people who have been going out have been doing their best in 23 to 32 feet of water. Lindy rigs with leeches and crawlers have been the best, and there's still a few folks uh, trolling crankbaits. And, uh, but frankly, it, it was a week of, of not a real lot of fishing going on, just a lot of people recreating. Uh, the resort is full, and a lot of the folks uh, just came to get away from the hot weather. So I'll jump down a little bit to Leech Lake because I spent a few days on Leech. Uh, one day I was out with my grandson and my son-in-law, and it was stifling. It was about 90 degrees, absolutely no breeze, uh, hot sun. And, you know, when I was much younger, I didn't mind those days as much. But as I'm getting older, I don't really enjoy it that much being out there when there's not a breeze at all. So uh, we didn't do well. We fished about three and a half hours, and we got one northern. The next day, um, early in the week, we had a nice breeze, a south breeze of about 10 to 12 miles an hour. And uh, we got into some very nice walleyes in 12 to 14 feet of water uh, in the big lake. Uh, on Lindy Rigs and Leeches, and they were nice. They were all 12, or not 12, they were all 15 to 18-inch uh, fish, so they're keepers. Uh, on Leech, you can keep four, one over 20 inches. Uh, and we lost a couple nice ones by the boat. Uh, I blame my son-in-law for bad knot tying. Uh, but it was a good day. We had a really good day, and um, it's just the way it's been on Leech a little bit, too. Uh, there's days where you, if, if you don't have wind, Leech is a tough lake to fish. But when you do have wind, uh, and it's, um, you know, even though it's early in July, uh, you can find some fish, and they're not that deep. They're still running, you know, 12, 14, 15 feet of water. So that's, that's been pretty good. And then uh, I've done some bass fishing in the Brainerd area. Um, I've got, had customers out, and um, we had a couple days. It got pretty windy, and uh, it's a little tough bass fishing when it's really windy because, especially if you're uh, going with uh, uh, plastic worms and jigs. It's really hard to feel a bite. Uh, but we're finding bass up in the bulrushes in shallow water when there's wind blowing. Uh, I've been working on uh, North Long, and when you get into those areas where there's bulrushes, um, you, c you can find the bass. The bass are in there, and they're biting, and they're eating. Um, the walleye bite, um, for me and for a couple of my buddies, has been a little bit tougher um, they're seeing fish. They know that's what they are, our walleyes, but they just don't want to open their mouths and be cooperative. So I think it's fair to say that the bass pan fishing is good and the walleye fishing is a little tougher. And this is kind of a, a dangerous time for fish, uh, especially big fish. Uh, I can't remember what year it was, but uh, probably seven years ago or six years ago, maybe even a little longer ago, we had water temperatures in the upper 80s, and we started seeing some beautiful 25, 24-inch, 26-inch walleyes floating around on Gull Lake. And what happened was that water temperature gets so warm, those bigger fish seek a cooler temperature where they're more comfortable without realizing they're going below the thermocline and <clears throat> getting down there where there's not enough oxygen to support them, and it flips them up and then they die, which is uh, it's a sad thing to see. And we're going to possibly see that on uh, leech and Mille Lacs this year with tulipies because that water temperature is getting so warm 
Those tulipies can't usually survive in that real, real hot weather. And it's been years since we've had a kill-off of tulipies on, on our big lakes because we just haven't had those real hot, hot summer uh, water temperatures. So that'll be interesting to watch and see what happens uh, if July stays as hot as it is. It looks like the next week and a half, at least, it's going to be very, very warm. And I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on those big walleyes uh, as well as muskies. I know that people who are muskie fishermen are very aware of water temperatures being very hard on those large fish. So if you do catch one, you're better off releasing it in the water. Don't take it out of the water. It's, it's really hard on them this time of the year. And then I, I just wanted to spend a little time uh, talking about bass fishing. And I know we featured bass fishing. We have Mandy on uh, every week who's a... Uh, who is a bona fide expert on bass fishing. But I, I just there's a few things I'd like to share about bass fishing, especially for our visitors in the area who may not be familiar with, with all of our lakes. Um, and a lot of people don't realize this, but uh, smallmouth bass are not native to Minnesota. And so they are one of our most popular invasive species. <laughs> and it sounds funny to say that, but they uh, were introduced... Uh, I think originally in some of our river systems, the Red River for sure, and um, there's a lot of uh, the smallmouth bass now that we find all the way up to the canoe, Boundary Water Canoe area, and those bass were brought in from other areas and planted in our rivers and our lakes. In fact, Dwayne Lund, who used to be the superintendent of schools for many, many, many years here in Brainerd, or in Staples, rather, is in the Brainerd Hall of Fame and is a was a natural I think he wrote um I can't remember how many books 50 some books he was a real outdoorsman and he grew up in the Lake Edwards area which is uh, you know just west or east of Brainerd and he remembers as a boy scout bringing smallmouth bass up to Pelican and some of the lakes north of Brainerd in cream cans and dumping them into the lakes and that's one of the ways that some of those smallies got uh, introduced into our area and I, I'm talking about largemouth bass too. They are more widespread than smallies because they are more. They are actually native. And there's more than 2,000 lakes that have resident largemouth bass populations. Well, there's about 500 lakes that have smallmouth bass. And this is information, by the way, from Explore Minnesota. And Explore Minnesota is the organization that puts on the governor's opener. And you and I have been involved with Brian a number of times over the years. They do a phenomenal job of promoting uh, out the outdoors in Minnesota. And so some of the information that they have is that some of the lakes are home to both species, uh, largemouth and smallmouth, and the state's river system is also excellent for, for both species, probably better for the smallmouth bass. And um, Al and Ron Linder, who are nationally known anglers and are really, really good bass fishermen, will tell you that quality and quantity, there isn't any comparison to bass fishing in Minnesota. Our lakes are loaded with them of all different sizes. Minnesota consistently ranks as one of the best places for bass fishing in the country. <clears throat> Anglers from all over the United States talk about Minnesota's lakes and rivers as ideal for catching smallmouth and largemouth bass. I've had the opportunity to be in tournaments, uh, uh, kind of fundraising tournaments, with uh, both Hank Parker, Hank Parker and Roland Martin, and those are two guys who are nationally known champions for bass fishing, and they both brag about the fishing in Minnesota. And I'd just like to share a little bit about where to look for them if you're not really familiar with where to go. Minnesota has 10,000 lakes, 
in search of smallmouth bass, they, you should focus on 69,000 miles of natural streams. Many of these waterways harbor fighting smallmouth bass and some really big ones at that. The largemouth bass occupy the shallow lakes of southern Minnesota. Big bass swim within Minneapolis, right within sites of downtown skyscrapers. The state record was caught on the fringes of the Twin City metro area. Largemouth also live in almost every large lake in central and northern Minnesota, such as Brainerd, Park Rapids, and Grand Rapids. And for that reason, it's easy to combine bass fishing with family vacations like golfing and sightseeing and other recreational events. Minnesota's central regional office or, or area, which is us, is the most diverse in the state with a wide variety of lakes and rivers in which to cast your line. North of Brainerd near Cross Lake, the whitefish chain of lakes is 14,620 acres of the most diverse structure found in a Minnesota lake. A favorite place for tournaments, great catches of both largemouth and smallmouth, and it can be uh, home to a dozen or so lakes that make up the chain that hold both smallies and largemouth bass. Trout Lake, which is part of that chain, is a great lake for smallmouth bass fishing. And if you ever get into Trout Lake, go to the north side of the lake. Uh, there's some vegetation, a very large area of vegetation that is home to many, many smallmouth bass. Lake Minnewaska, which is a little ways away from Brainerd, but it's a 7,100-acre lake just south of Alexandria. And it's relatively shallow with a maximum depth of 32 feet and three public access points. It's a very good largemouth and smallmouth bass area, as is Ottertail Lake. Um, also, Malax. Everybody knows about Malax as being a top smallmouth bass fishing lake with uh, reports of bass over seven pounds. These are ample ap opportunities to catch the big one. And, um, you know, if you look at what is a trophy in a smallmouth and a largemouth bass, I think most people would consider a 20-inch bass a trophy. I know it used to be that people thought a 20-inch bass was probably 20 years old, but I think recent research has shown these bass are only 7 or 8 years old. So if they have good feeding uh, opportunities, it doesn't take them long to grow and to be a trophy fish. In 2019, Mille Lacs was voted the fifth best bass lake in the central region of the U.S. by Bassmaster. And uh, the Mississippi River also, from Monticello to Aiken, from Brainerd to Little Falls, from Brainerd North, great bass fishing for smallmouth and largemouth with lots of habitat, four dams, 150 miles that offer a unique float and boating experience. And then Minnesota's Northwest is also phenomenal for bass fishing. Leech Lake is the third largest lake within the boundaries of Minnesota at 112,000 surface acres. This lake has an irregular shape with large and small bays. Its deepest area is Walker Bay at 150 feet in the fall. Trophy bass gather in the warmer waters of Boy Bay. And five, six years ago, it was very unusual to find smallmouth bass on the southern end of the lake. And now you find them scattered all over the lake, very similar to what we're finding in um, Mille Lacs. And then uh, finally, Woman Lake, which is on the south end of Leech Lake, is also considered one of the best big smallmouth bass lakes in the area. Tournaments are regularly won on this lake with a five-fish limit weighing in at over 25 pounds. And then finally, Brian, just a few tips on how to fish these. If you're from the, not from the area and you're wondering how to get out there and catch a few of those, fishing is often hot when the season opens in May. And spring and fall tend to be especially productive for bass fishing because there are large numbers of fish in shallow waters. 
There are fewer bass in the shallows during the summer months when most fish congregate in schools and go into deeper water to escape the heat, which is what we're dealing with right now. So you might want to be starting to look deep. Bass fishing can be as simple or complicated as you want to make it. Some prefer to fish from boats and cast nothing but artificial lures, such as crankbaits, jigs, and spinnerbaits, and others hook a lively leech below a bobber and head for the nearest shoreline. Given the wide variety of bass waters in our state, preferred tackle and tact- tactics often vary based on the region being fished. In the fertile waters of southern Minnesota, where weed growth is heavy, opt for buzzbaits, spinnerbaits, and worm rigs. But in the clear waters of many northern lakes, Light lines, more subtle presentations often work better. For smallmouth and streams, light bait casting or spinning tackle with small plugs and jigs work very well. Medium weight fly tackle with popping bugs and streamers is also very effective. Well, in Minnesota, don't grow, they don't grow as big as they do in the south. It's not uncommon to catch those bass that are three to five pounds or more. <clears throat> so if you're not into bass fishing, if you've got kids, if you've got family that want to get out and try catching something now, this is the time of the year, and there's a lot of places to go to get that activity. You know, Ray, that brings me back to a memory. You and I were out, I, I want to say it was on Gull Lake, um, and then it was about North Long. Was it North Long? About uh, three, four years ago, we started off yep. walleye fishing, flat, calm. I mean, the water was like glass that morning. Walleye fishing, it just wasn't working. And you were like, "Let's go do some bass fishing." And all we did was just pitch some, you know, plastics right into the weeds, and we just started nailing the bass one after another. And so, they were nice. I yeah, that. they were nice. Yep. So I mean. Yeah. It, it, it tests to what you, you you were saying. I mean, these lakes, sometimes people forget about how great the bass fishing is here in the Brainerd Lakes area. You bet. It's phenomenal. Yep. So there you go. Some great stuff from Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League. You can check him out at raygildow.com, all over social media, and with uh, the Nisswa Guides League as well. So, uh, Ray, I appreciate the info. You always bring it. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy, okay? All right. Thank you, Brian. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Out to the big pond we go. Malax and Steve Sapaniak with Predator Guide Service joins us. And Steve, uh, obviously walleyes now, they're kind of off the grid uh, there. And uh, hopefully come fall we'll be able to get back out there and chase them around a little bit. But uh, you've been chasing muskies, you've been chasing pike. Bass fishing, I'm sure, has been uh, a lot of people out there. Let's start with uh, a fish die-off. That's kind of the thing that a lot of people have been talking about right now with these warm water temps. Uh, have you been seeing some of that out there right now? You know, Brian, I have been seeing some dead walleye. You know, But every time we get close to one, I take a good look. They show signs of being at least uh, five, six days, seven days old, a week old or more. So we're looking at this as possibly, you know, the last group of the last couple of days of walleye fishing you know, that mortality die-off. I haven't seen nothing fresh die-off. I saw one tulipy die-off. I'm expecting a lot more bigger uh, tulipy die-off coming up. The water temperatures are fluctuating out of this world, surface temperatures, okay? Like Brian, you and I were talking just a minute ago. The other day I started guiding. It was 74.6 degrees. That was at a little after 7 in the morning when I got done, and a little after 3, it was 82.6. That is a heck of an increase in water temperature you know, for surface temperature. So I'm expecting a big tulipy die-off, and it's probably going to be one of the largest we've seen in 10, 12, maybe even 15 years. And you know what? That's okay. 
we got a lot of tulip peas. It's not like this has been happening to die off every year where we have to worry. Uh, and are we going to lose all our tulip peas? No, folks, we're not going to, but we're going to lose a decent amount of them. And the only thing that's going to do is make the pike fishing and musket fishing even better. And the big trophy walleyes, too, because they're going to find it a little bit harder for to find those tulipies and uh, whitefish in the deep basin. So the muskies, big pike, and some walleyes are going to move into the shallows to feed on stuff they haven't been feeding on for, you know, since uh, last winter. So uh, we're going to have some really good fishing coming up here pretty quick. So I'm just crossing my fingers right now. Yeah, so like I said, we'll look forward to that here coming up in the fall with the walleyes. Let's talk about the muskies. That's kind of your forte out there, guiding for them and... Uh, you know, this isn't really prime time for muskies, but uh, what what have you been seeing? You know, we've been, you know, about every other trip or so, every trip, you know, we've been getting a follow or two. Nothing big, you know. This is what's a little surprising. Of course, I think we mentioned it last week, too. This hot weather has put them off a little bit. You know, we got hot way too quick. We shouldn't be having this uh, extreme weather we got right now, Brian, until the end of July, and we got it already at the end of June. So I think it sort of got them screwed up a little bit. The metabolism is out of whack. You know, as hey, as people, even mine, you know, guiding just about every day, you know, I'm feeling run down. I get stomach aches and everything. You know, it's just the heat that does it to you. Same effects with the big fish. The smaller fish don't feel it so bad. But the bigger fish, Brian, will certainly do. You know, it's funny you mentioned muskies compared to us humans. I, when it gets hot and humid like this, I have no appetite. I, I really, right. you know, it's almost like I have to force myself to eat. <laughs> and when I do, I eat small. And so I think that's kind of where we're at with muskies. Oh, most definitely, my friend. You know, I think you nailed it right on the head. One of the best analogies I've heard, you know, like, like humans, you know, I don't feel hungry neither. I mean, and I know I have to force myself to eat because I look at the end of the day, what have I eaten? I've had my two sandwiches on the lake for nine hours of guiding. I didn't eat supper. I wasn't in the mood or dinner, you know, and it's like. I got to eat something before I go to bed. I've been losing weight again. I'm going in <laughs> to two pan sizes down from what I was starting the beginning of the year. <laughs> well, that's one way to do it, I guess. But uh... Uh, you know, it is. You know, I feel bad. I haven't been able to work out because of COVID. You know, I lost over an inch and a half across the shoulders. But you know, that's life. I can put up with it. But uh, yeah, the heat affects anything and everybody. You know, fish are like people that come in all sizes, tall and skinny. You know, shorter stature and a little bit broader across the shoulders and the waistline. But uh, the heat, it does it to everybody. You know, I really am trying to avoid having my third case of heat exhaustion for the summer. You know, not this summer, but uh, coming up. You know, I've had it before, and it's no fun. You know, imagine 80 degrees outside. You're laying with four blankets on you in the in the cabin. You cannot get warm enough, and the chills happen. It's just, it's no good. No, no. So that's why we got to protect ourselves out there. And, uh, you know, if somebody is going out and wants to do some musky fishing, maybe not even on Malak, Steve, but maybe one of our other musky lakes, what would you recommend this time of year? Because like you said, it's kind of a goofy time. The fish aren't really cooperating, but what would you do as far as the tactic goes right now? Would you go topwater or would you go something more, a uh, little bit, I guess, uh, alternative? That's a good question, Brian. Definitely topwater is a worthy try all times of year, any time of year, hot or cold, try topwater. But right now I would focus in, because I got phone calls yesterday from Iowa and Wisconsin, a couple of guys I know, musky fishermen clients and everything, but they were talking too. They're seeing most of their fish in the deeper water, like uh, 14 to 18 feet, 14 to 20 feet and stuff. And that makes sense because, like I told the guys, I said, take a temperature gauge, you know, on a string, 
I said, set it down in that 15, 14 foot, 18 foot range. I said, let it sit for a few minutes to acclimate. I said, they bring it up real quick. I said, why are they down there? You probably find out the water temperature is at least 10 degrees cooler. And I'm sure that's exactly what it was. We did the same scenario many, many years ago. Same type of situation. And that's why they were there, Brian. The water temperature dropped. There was a thermocline, and that's what you have to concentrate on. Lures that get down, spinnerbaits that get down are good. Bucktails that get down are good. Uh, bulldogs, medusas, you know, the big rubbers that get down are good. Uh, try the bonnie baits. Something get way down there and start jigging them. Right now, everybody's feeling the stress. Like you said, they're not too hungry. But if you can punch them in the nose with a jig, they might retaliate with a strike. Yeah, make them angry. there you go with that yeah no doubt um what about night fishing uh steve for muskies right now is that something maybe people can take a look at or is it just too buggy out there right now you know you can take a look at it brian it's always buggy it is always buggy you have never seen bugs in your life i told one client that a few years ago i said i want you prepared he goes steve when i was in the service i was on the amazon he said that's bugs he says i'm not worried what you have here Well, 45 minutes after it got completely dark, he looked at me and he says, get me the blank out of here. (laughs) Head nets, definitely. Tuck your pants into your socks. This isn't a fashion statement fishing. Uh, You know, get used to having the buzzing all around you. The only bug spray that will work is uh, early in the evening when the sun just goes down, mosquitoes come out first. That's the only bug spray that works. Nothing takes care of those lake midges that are on you by the thousands. Night fishing, we've tried it. We have given it a good, good try this year. So far, nothing. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little concerned what's going on. But then again, too, you know, we were looking through a cycle of different reasons, and we've got different things happening on the lax. Let's keep in mind, they opened it up four years ago to, uh, to uh, harpooning, spearing in the wintertime. And I know one guy told me, a good buddy of his, Greg's how many muskies he's spearing, too. So that's not helping either. Have you guys dealt with bug hatches out there yet this year? I mean, those really big hatches that everybody talks about? Oh, definitely, Brian. We're on about our third or fourth one, if not five. I've seen three of them for sure. You know, a couple of telltale ends of four and five, and they're huge. My gosh, you've got areas that are about 50 yards around, 50 yards wide, about 100, 200 yards long, just nothing but dead larvae on top of the water. So, and we've had that, like I said, three major ones like that. That doesn't help neither. What you got going then is all the smaller bait fish and game fish, they're already feeding on them, and so they take off for cover, and the muskies are having a hard time finding anything to eat. They even feel the impact also. Hmm. Something people don't think about sometimes. Uh, switching gears over to pike, do you want to get in the weeds for those right now, Steve? You know, they're starting to go, the smaller ones. Definitely, we've been having seven, eight, ten fish days, but it's, it's like the same year class. In fact, I looked at one pike, I said, didn't we release you twice before on the other side of the lake? <laughs> you know, it's been the same year class. Yes, there has been a few big ones caught. Very lucky, you know, uh, techniques and stuff, trolling deep diving cranes along the outer edge of the weeds in deeper water is starting to be successful. Uh, I'd say, you know, right now we are at least a good two, three weeks behind in the big pike. And until we get a good cold snap or, you know, the water temperatures drop a little bit, we're still going to continue to see it. And bass fishing is always a big thing uh, this time of year because uh, they actually do enjoy the warmer water temps. And uh, are you seeing a lot of bass anglers out there, and are they having any luck? been seeing a lot of bass anglers out there, Brian. I've been talking to a lot of them. I haven't had a bass trip in a while, and now we're concentrating on the mighty muskie. But everybody I've seen has had minimum luck, four, five, six, maybe eight fish at the most lately. Uh, and that's it. You know, it's just been too hot for the bass. Plus, right now, you got to remember, folks, I've said it a thousand, a million, one times, 
anything with a brain can be conditioned. Look at the last five years, how many people from out of state have been fishing Mille Lacs Lake. And, yeah, the fish are used to it. They're used to seeing every presentation. We love having everybody here. I wish more people would come. But even the bass get conditioned, and they've been tough as heck to get. How are the resorts out there doing, Steve? I know you keep in contact with uh, about a half dozen of them out on Mille Lacs. Are they pretty full up? I mean, are, are people out there? Because that's kind of the thing people are doing right now. They're kind of rediscovering the outdoors. Um, are they doing okay? You know, they were doing not bad. They were not doing bad at all, you know, until this walleye closure. Now it's it, you're going from looking at maybe a couple hundred, you know, four or five, six hundred bo- uh, boats a day, even on a weekday that were out there fishing walleyes, to maybe eight to ten of them I see on half the lake on one side. It's They're hurting. All the launches are taking everybody out <coughs> smallmouth fishing. You know, they're out there with slip bobbers and leeches, which catch a smallmouth. If you catch a walleye by accident, it's not your fault. Smallmouth love leeches. They're using uh, minnows, too. Smallmouth love minnows. My gosh. And, you know, another thing, too, I'm going to try it this year. I've had way too many clients tell me how delicious a smallmouth is. You know, they can have science that says release a fighter, and I agree. But keep a few for eating. I bet you they're darn good. Yeah. I've never tried it, but... Uh... Something to think about. Steve Saponiak, Predator Guide Service. Check him out, predatorguideservice.com, and uh, he's on social media as well. Steve, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. My pleasure, Brian. Thank you. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Just a few uh, house cleaning items to uh, pass along before we wrap the show up for this week. A thing for hunters who want to participate in the archery deer hunts at Camp Ripley, they'll be able to purchase permits without entering their names in a lottery. Hunt permits will go on sale starting at noon on Friday, August 28th. The dates for this year's event at Camp Ripley are October 15th and 16th and October 31st and November 1st. For 2020, the DNR has changed the process and timeline to apply to the hunts due to the ongoing uncertainties of the COVID-19 pandemic. Not having a lottery allows the hunt to be quickly canceled in the event such a situation would be necessary. In August, hunters will be able to find hunt rules and details about how to participate in the hunt. And I've gotten a lot of emails and a lot of calls about people with nuisance bears. And if <laughs> is your yard or campsite attracted to them? Bears rely on small, scattered patches of natural food, specific types of young green vegetation, uh, certain species of ants, uh, berries are real big this time of year, and nuts in the fall. So if bears can get concentrated, high-calorie, easy, accessible foods around people's homes and campsites, they are enticed away from their natural food sources. So don't condition bears to associate your home or campsite with an easy meal by leaving out unsecured garbage, bird seed, or pet food. Learn more about how to reduce property damage and the chance of human-bear conflicts at the DNR website. That'll wrap things up for this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7 Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 right here on B93.3. You can stream the show live at uh, todaysbestcountry.com as well as brainerdoutdoorsradio.com. So if you're away from your radio, you can do it that way. Or if you want to listen to the podcast, we are all over all the podcast platforms. So uh, just search Brainerd Outdoors. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon.
Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Thielen Meats, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, Liveax Marine in Isle, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon Saturday mornings at 7, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3.